Everybody ready for the word today? All right. I want to preach to you a very, very familiar text. Uh, many of you may know it well, but I pray that it will fall in a fresh way today. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 says, and immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. Aren't you glad Jesus still speaks? Saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Hmm. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat, worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, give me a few moments to give you a little bit of context of what we're reading. When you read this story, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. Some theologians believe it was 25,000. They believe this is now the fever pitch, if you would, of the fame of Jesus's ministry in the Galilee region. People have come by the thousands to hear Jesus preach. And at the end of the day, after feeding everybody, he then sends everybody home, tells his disciples, in fact, he compels them to get in a boat and tells them to go to the other side. And while they are on their way, the Bible says in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake, they found themselves in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. I was just there last week, and the day before, the water was so calm, almost like looking at glass. And then the next morning, the wind comes off of those mountains surrounding the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is somewhere in 696 below, six feet below sea level. The wind began to whip around that area and the waves begin to move much more severe than I would have ever expected. It is not uncommon for there to be storms on that sea. And the, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, get in the boat and go to the other side. Go to the other, other side. Now they were just doing what Jesus told them to do. They were just being obedient to what they felt the direction their master had given them. Get in the boat and go to the other side. 
But while they were in mid-obedience to Jesus, the scripture lets us know that they run into a storm. If you're taking notes, I want you to hear this. You can be going the right way and still experience hard things. Am I talking to anybody? That you can be going the right way. You could be going to church every single Sunday. You can be tithing every week. You could be teaching in the kids' ministry. You could be having devotion with your spouse. And you could be doing all you know to do and still run into a storm every once in a while. Am I talking to anybody? That sometimes we think that just because we're Christians and followers of Jesus, that we are exempt from hard times. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And he says, go to the other side, and they run into some storms. And I know you know this, but it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or a non-Christian that there will be winds that will trouble you. There will be waves that will upset you. There will be seasons that frustrate you and scare you. There will be difficult days and months and years and seasons because you can be going the right way and experience hard things. You can be a follower of Jesus and you can still struggle with your kids. Come on, somebody. You can be a believer in his word and still struggle with depression. You can serve in the church and still have financial setbacks. The Bible says that the wind was contrary to them, meaning it was opposing them. It was actually blowing against them in their face. And the easiest thing they could have done was to take that boat and turn it around and go the opposite direction with the wind to their back. But they were just following the words that the master had told them, you need to get to the other side. Can I just take a pause and congratulate all the people that are still pushing against opposing winds, that when things have gotten tough, you've gotten tougher, and you're just going off what his word says. I'm just going to do what you told me to do. And if I'm just being honest, you would think that if I'm walking in the blessed life, and if I'm reading the Bible, and if I love God, and I love my neighbor as myself, and why am I going through this storm? Am I talking to anybody? Today's message is called Dealing with Difficulty. Dealing with why do I have to deal with difficulty? Why do I have to deal with difficulty? What's interesting in the text, the parallel uh, gospel shares in Mark chapter 6, it says that when he saw that they were making headway painfully, the Bible's letting us know that he could see them. For the wind was against them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Here, here's what I don't understand. The the Gospel of Mark says that he went to the mountain to pray. So did Matthew. So did John. They go, Jesus goes to the mountain to pray. Mark lets us know that he could see them while they struggled. Let me tell you this. Just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean he can't see you. 
Jesus was watching them on the sea, and the Bible says, there's the next line, this is so good. He says, he came to them. I need you to hear me today that God can find you in the hard times, that he can come to you. It doesn't matter if you're in a hospital bed. Is there anybody thankful that he came to you? It doesn't matter if you're in a funeral home. He can find you. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with depression, stress, or grief in the middle of your fight, in the middle of your discomfort, in the middle of your heartache, in the middle of your difficulty. Jesus came to them. I've come to tell you today, he can still find you right where you are. And, and here's what's interesting. Here's what's really interesting. The Bible says that he came to them. Now, that's important to, to know that Jesus came to them. That, that's something to, to write in your notes and be thankful that Jesus came to you because if you and I were honest, none of us would even be saved if Jesus didn't come first. He came down to glory. He came down from glory, wrapped himself in flesh, died on the cross that while we were yet sinners, Jesus came to us. That's good news. Somebody say amen. But, but it doesn't just say he came to them. There's a comma in the sentence that doesn't just say that he came. It's also how he came. The Bible says that he came to them walking on the water. But now, if you're like me and you read the Bible you got to believe that every word the Holy Spirit made sure was put in there for a reason. So when you read it, you can't help but wonder, Jesus could have flew over there. <laughs> Jesus could have had angels carry him over there. Jesus could have just translated from one point to the other. He did it at other times after the resurrection. He could have just done that, but that's not what Jesus did. Jesus came walking out on the water. The thing they were most afraid of, the thing they were most intimidated by, the thing they were most influenced in fear with, the Bible says Jesus came walking on what they were overwhelmed by. And perhaps the reason is to let them know what you think's about to be over your head is under my feet. I want to preach. I think I'm going to preach today. I may preach today, but I feel like telling somebody in the room, you feel overwhelmed, you feel overcome in a season of difficulty, but what has been surrounding your bow, he has authority over, and if it's got a name, the Bible says it's got to bow at the name of Jesus Christ. He has all power. Came walking out on the water. What keeps you up at night? What keeps you walking the floors? What keeps your heart hurting? What feels like going over your head, filling your boat, what's overwhelming me, he has overcome. The disciples are in the boat, and the Bible says they see Jesus coming, who has been watching them this entire time. And when they see Jesus, the Bible says, in one translation, or in the Greek, these are grown men, by the way. Let's just pause here. 
they begin to scream in fear. All of these powerful men that are gonna be used mightily in the kingdom of God, they've laid hands on the sick, they've seen the dead raised, They've done amazing supernatural things in their ministry. Just hours before, they were passing out bread that Jesus had multiplied. These boys have seen the good stuff. And here they are, the future of the kingdom, by the way. Everybody who's gonna build the kingdom forward is in that boat, and Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus came to them And the Bible says they panicked. Real powerful, faith-filled men of God. They said, it is a ghost. (laughs) What I didn't know is at that time, there were urban legends kind of floating in the area that there were ghosts on the sea that would bring doom to people. They could not recognize him. They couldn't identify who he was. Here's a man they've walked with for years, and they couldn't tell if that was him or not. Hear me. God is not often easily discerned in difficulty. God is not easily discerned in difficult seasons. Jesus, is that you? In the middle of a hospital room, God, are you here? In the middle of divorce court, God, are you here? In the middle of financial turmoil, are you here? Is that you? In the middle of your kids acting correct, God, is that you? Are you here? I I need, I'm not sure if this is, if this is you. I wish I could go around the room and tell you the stories of people who have sat with my wife and I and have shared many times about not being sure if God was with them in certain seasons. Because in difficulty, it's easy to think it's a ghost. In difficulty, it's easy to think it's just, and Jesus in the darkness, Jesus who is hard to identify, speaks and says, don't, don't worry, it's me, I'm here. What news that could have been to these disciples, to in the middle of the storm hear the words of their master saying, I'm here, I'm with you, I got your back, but the Bible doesn't necessarily say that's what happens. The Bible says that Peter who's always like the loud mouth of the group. He's always speaking first. He doesn't have the gift of like waiting and listening. He's always leading the group by talking first. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out unto thee. He spoke King James, Peter did. (laughs) He says, if it's you, let me come out there on the water with you. And Jesus answers from the darkness one word, come. Now, I've heard it said before that the disciples, every one of the disciples could have got out of the boat and started walking on the water, 
because he didn't say, Peter, you can come. Anybody who had faith in that one word come could have got out of the boat and walked on the water. And so some of us want to get bad, or get kind of bent on Peter because he sank, but I'm thankful he stepped out of the boat when everybody else wanted to stay in. He stepped out and said, you know what? I'm going to walk on that word. I've been, I've been rowing all night based on the word he told me. Now I'm going to step out of the boat based on one word that he told me. If it's really you, let me come. If there's any chance that you're out there, I don't want to be in the boat without you. I'd rather be on the water with you if there's any chance you're out there if there's any chance let me let me come on out there and the Bible says that Jesus says come and I just it's just a hard thing to imagine what happens next Peter shifts his weight throws his leg over one side shifts his weight from the safe zone into the faith zone he leaves comfort and in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of dealing with stress and pressure, they believe that those boys were rowing for nine hours, by the way. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're just trying to be obedient to God. And they just say, you know what? If he's out here, I'm going to move from where I'm comfortable to somewhere uncomfortable. I got to get to Jesus. And if that means leaving everybody else in this thing... And if that means leaving family behind, if that, leaves if that means blocking people on social media, if that means doing, I will walk out of this boat because I'm not losing Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody on this? I'm not losing Jesus. And the Bible says Peter steps out of the boat, begins to walk on water. Peter is now defying gravity, the laws of physics. He's now walking on a word. Walking on the water is what you see on the outside. He's walking on a word that you can't see on the inside. Come. Some of you, I can only see you when you come to church on the outside, but you've been coming in faith. There's something on the inside that keeps driving you and pushing you and says, you know what? The Bible says something like that we should gather together. We shouldn't forsake it. And you may be pushing by faith. Can I tell you, God honors that faith. He sees that thing, and it's impossible to please God without it. You see him walking on the water. Can you imagine being all the other, other apostles and you see all this? Peter, the cussing Peter. Read your Bible. Some of you are like, oh, thank God. Listen. <laughs> Peter had a little, little mouth on him. Some of you are like, oh, he can use me. He can use me. They're probably on the, in the boat like, Peter, there's no way this is happening. The Bible says that there's an interesting turn of events. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Four things. He, he saw the wind. He felt the fear. He began to sink. And watch what he does next. He cried out. He, he cried out. 
he takes this moment. He's been walking on water. He's doing something that no one else will ever do or has ever done. He's out on the water with Jesus and he begins to notice the things around him and he begins to sink and hear this. His first initial response is to cry out to Jesus. And we can be critical of his sinking, but can we celebrate his crying? Because it takes faith to do both. I can tell you right now, I wish I, was, I wish I was with real church people today. I feel like you're faking me a little bit. But let me just tell you, real church people, are you in the room today? Any real people in the room? Here, here, I feel like I've walked on water and sank in the same day. I feel like there's been times I could preach and be like, my God, honey, look at this, Lena. Watch me now. Watch me now. Watch daddy. I could just. <laughs> Help me, God. And then later that day, cannot, cannot explain to you the feeling of sinking. And, it, and the faith it took me to walk is the same faith it took me to cry. Because at the end of the day, Peter was coming to Jesus, and he walked toward Jesus. And the second time, he cried toward Jesus. At the end of the day, I still need Jesus. If I'm walking or I'm, if I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day, I still need Jesus. When I'm up on the mountain, when I'm down in the valley, I still need Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody? Uh, there's a lot of people that love Jesus when things are good, but is there anybody that can call on them when you're sinking, when things are bad, when things are hard? I've come to tell you today that if you can call on his name, the Bible says immediately, Immediately, I feel like preaching. I can't do it today, but I feel like doing it. He said immediately, Jesus stretched his hand out. And, and watch this. It's not that we are proud of how good we can walk. We have not faith in how we walk. We have faith in how he can catch I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. Pastor Tom, here, why don't you help me real quick? Grab that uh, tissue box. All right, you stay right there, okay? All right, now here's what I want you to do. No, keep the tissues in the box. You don't even know what you're doing. All right, we gotta get somebody else. I'm just kidding, come back. All right, now, now toss, me the, toss me the box. Don't mess this illustration up. Okay, now, the other day me and Judah were in the house and, and we were tossing something back and forth. Right? My little six-year-old. And, and he told me, he says, Dad, am I a good thrower? And now in my head, I'm like, no. But <laughs> with my mouth, <laughs> I said, yes, yeah, son, you're a good thrower. Now, the whole time he keeps throwing to me, I keep got to move my body to catch everything he's throwing because I told him you're a good thrower. And then he would throw it back to me, and he said, Dad, you know? I said, what? He says, you're a good catcher. And I thought to myself, that's kind of like the God we serve. That you, we may, may not always be good throwers. We may not always be good walkers. We may not always have it together, but we got faith in a father who can catch us even though you throw bad. 
Hear me today. Our God's a good catcher. He can catch you in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your moment, in the middle of your pain. I've come to tell you today, despite where you are, if you can cry, he can catch. If you can cry, he can, he can catch. I don't know what you're facing today, but Peter, you may feel like you're sinking you may feel like you're going under. You may feel like you're going under, but I've come to tell you today, if you can cry, he can catch. I hope you can catch. Keep it. I went on an act of faith thinking that someone else can do this, and then I remember only God can catch us. When you put faith in somebody who can't catch, when you put faith in a person, some of us are throwing our tissue boxes toward our marriage, toward our government, toward our, they can't catch you like only God can catch you. Who am I preaching to? If you're thankful that God has caught you, if you're thankful that God has saved you, if you're thankful that God has restored you, is there anybody on a Sunday morning thankful that your God can catch you? Our God's a good catcher. I said, our God's a good catcher. Our God's a good, you might as well act like it. For 30 seconds, put your hands together and let heaven hear you give God a praise and thank him, he's a good catcher. I'm not going under, he's a good catcher. I'm not drowning in sorrow, he's a good catcher. I'm not dying in brokenness, he's a good catcher. He's a good catcher. It's not that I have strong feet walking on water, but it's that he's got strong hands. He, and before I go down, he, uh, come here, PJ. On your way down, give me, you do something with that, no, no. Push this hand up here, I'm gonna grab hands. Before you go down, Right before, right before you thought it was over. Immediately, all he needs is just a second. And stabilize, I got you, it's okay, I got, I'll hold you. I got you right where you, you are. Hear this, I'm, I can't go under, I, even though I'm overwhelmed, he has overcome so much. And I can't go under for going over. I'm hooked up with the right thing. And, and, and hear me, I was thinking about this. Isn't it interesting, the Bible lets us know that when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says not only did they put a crown of thorns on his head, not only did they hit him with the, the cat of nine tails, not only did they pull his beard, not only did they spit on him and mock him, the Bible says they put nails in his hands. Could it be, he could have, he could have died at the whipping post. Theologians believe he should have, actually. But could it be the reason that his hands were brought up in the New Testament was to remind us at Calvary, could, could it be the reason that his hands were brought up just to remind us he could still catch us? I, 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 got, I got this. I could still catch you. And the Bible says that when he got into the boat with Peter, they worshiped him and said, truly, this is the Son of God. Could it be, hear me, 
talking about dealing with difficulty. Could it be the reason you're dealing with difficulty? That God could be showing you a version of himself you've never seen before. That if you never went through the storm, you didn't know he could walk on it. If you didn't, if you never experienced heartache, you didn't know God could mend it. If you've never been sick, you would never know he can heal. If you've never been through trouble, you didn't know he could calm your heart. But maybe, just maybe, perhaps God can be using. I'm not saying he caused it, but I am saying he could use it. That whatever's working, God could make it work for the good. And when it's all said and done, you're going to say, God, you're too good to me. You've been so faithful to me. I worship you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. I'm Ethan Boggs, and I approve this message. <laughs> Let me pray with you today. Father, you see every man, woman, boy, and girl. You see every heartache and every struggle. Father, I pray for every Peter who feels like they're sinking who's dealing with difficulty, every disciple in the boat today, who's been dealing with opposing winds, just trying to honor you, just trying to follow after you, but have found themselves in a sinking place, opposing winds. Father, I pray that you be with them, you strengthen them, and in the middle of this situation, you can catch them, you can help them, you can heal them, and I speak life over you today that you are, actually let me prophesy, you are not going under. You cry on the right name, you call on the right person, get the right person in your boat, and you can't go under for going over. I pray it and speak it and believe it in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, come on, give God a big praise in the house. With eyes closed all over the room and no one looking around, if you're in the room today, we don't like closing a service where we don't give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've drifted from him. Maybe you've never known him. But today, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart to surrender your life once and for all and to say yes to his son. If you're in the room today, you need to know Jesus loves you. He can still catch you. With eyes closed, if you're in the room today and you say, Pastor, would you include me in this prayer? I want to know who Jesus is. I want to realign my life. I've gotten out of whack or I have just all together walked away or never known him. Put your hand in the air for me just to identify you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands today. Thank you. Thank you for that hand at the top. Thank you for those hands today. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for back here by the soundboard. Thank you. Thank you. What an amazing day in the house of God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, can we all pray this prayer together? Why don't we just say it nice and loud. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me a new creature. Catch me. <laughs> Catch me. I'm falling. I need you every day of my life. Wash me new. Make me clean. And the best is yet 
to come. In Jesus' name, you believe it today. Come on, give God a big praise in the house. Come on, give God a big, big, big praise.